Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We're back on a Wednesday on OutKick 360 across the OutKick network. We are live from our downtown Nashville studios with 6th and Peabody and Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton. Still on We're here. partial voice rest. That's right. Still coming back from the longest voice outing that we've had in quite some time. But he's making his way back. It's back. I'm just not pushing it. Slowly but surely. I'm not pushing it. We've got a big show tomorrow. Not pushing it today. Slowly but surely. It's, uh, it's What's the, up with? It's What's the up, tortoise Jeff? and the hare, Hutton. That's what we're trying to do here, right? Yeah. It's slow and steady uh, at times that will win the race. And it's not oftentimes about winning the battle. <laughs> It's about winning the war. And that's what we plan on doing on this damn show today. We're going to win the war overall. This is, this is not a battle today. U.S. beating Iran yesterday, that was a battle on the pitch. Beating Netherlands is winning the damn war and getting to the quarterfinals. I, we will win the war today with a terrific show. Clark Lee is going to join us in studio. Vanderbilt football head coach. After, some will say, well, five and seven. What's the big deal? It's a big deal. Great season for Vanderbilt considering their over-under for wins, I believe, was two and a half coming right. into the year. They beat Florida. They beat Kentucky in the SEC. They ended a three-year SEC win drought. He's going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit about his program. We're also going to preview the SEC championship game and the return of Clay Travis on this show as a weekly guest will happen in the 5 p.m. Eastern hour, 5.20 Eastern to be exact. Hutton, I'm pumped up about today's show. Yeah, I talked to Clay this morning. He's pumped about joining. And uh, Clark Lee's coming in. It's going to be cool because, of course, he knows Brian Kelly well. And uh, certainly uh, Kelly knows him well as the former defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Uh, We'll find out if Brian Kelly's reached out to Clark Lee to get some advice on game planning for Georgia, which Clark Lee has done. Very few do it well. And Clark's coming in, and he's going to give us the game plan through the eyes of Brian Kelly for what LSU must do against Georgia's defense, which I'm very intrigued by. Do we think that Clark will be completely honest with us on whether or not yes. Brian Kelly's reached out? Yeah. That's good. That is what we call a tease right there. I love that from Jonathan Hutton. Uh, we're excited about today's show. Last night, big news to open. College football playoff rankings announced. No huge surprises at the top of the rankings, and, and we're going to look at them as well. Look, it's we're entering a weekend now, Hutton, where we've got four teams that should be in the college football playoff if the two favorites in conference championship weekend win. But these are also two slight favorites as we take a look at the rankings. Um, no change at the top. There was some debate about will Michigan overtake Georgia. I think that's foolish. Yes. Georgia's the defending national champion. They've done nothing to show me they're not the best team in the country, even though Michigan had maybe the greatest win of the season so far in the way they beat Ohio State on the road by 22 on Saturday. Michigan is at number two, Georgia number one, 
three and four, TCU, and now USC. TCU playing Kansas State this weekend, Big 12 championship. That is an 11 a.m. Central kickoff. USC plays Friday night against Utah. They lost to Utah earlier this year. Utah trying to beat USC for a second time. If they do that, USC will move out. I assume Ohio State will move in, but I don't know because Boo Corrigan says weird things about Alabama and Ohio State somehow could do some switcheroo without playing this weekend well, and next I, week's rankings. I understand what he's saying. Um, they, would, they would move things around to avoid rematches in the semifinals if, if, if SC and TCU both lose this weekend. Ohio State and Bama would get in by not playing, and they would seed them up where they're not getting immediate rematches um, for is that is that for okay? Michigan and Ohio State? We didn't we see it last year, based on the SEC championship game results. I mean, are, are you talking about in the playoff? They're yes. trying to avoid. They wouldn't want Michigan and Ohio State to meet again until the championship game. So, depending on how things work out this weekend they would maneuver the rankings in order to have semifinals that would be completely fresh. Well, look, I understand reordering one through four, but the question was, and, I, and we'll show it. I know we've got a tweet uh, from Barrett Salee about what yeah, Boo Corrigan said about Bama it. Bama get ahead of Ohio State? Yeah, would Bama and Ohio State swap? That but, would mean Bama but, jumping Ohio State to get in the playoff. No, uh, the swap to me is just on the seed itself. Like, uh, Ohio State to me is in based on one loss by SC or TCU, right? Yes. The, the Bama's get in by both of those teams losing. And then from there, they would have, the, the swap would happen on the seed, making sure that Michigan and Ohio State don't play again until the championship game. Look, I... That's um, how I viewed the comments. I, I didn't view it that way because I'm looking at it as, first off, what you're saying, I, I understand what you're saying. It's totally in, inconceivably wrong of the committee that's a, to, I mean, to consider doing that. This is not, this is not deciding between the orange and the cotton. It's exactly what they would do. a national champion. This is not, they would, they would do this for Tennessee, Georgia as well. Well, this pisses me off because th- this is a made for TV construct in that we have a four team playoff to decide a champion, but we have to have some damn rules about but how they, we decide one through four and not say, but, well, we want to avoid from a television perspective, a rematch in a in a play. No, it's it. What is one through four? I don't care. Well, there's a reason why the Georgia didn't fall. Playing every year. There's a reason why Georgia didn't fall to four by losing to Bama in the SEC championship game, because they didn't want the immediate rematch in the semifinal last year. Yeah, but you could argue they didn't fall to four also because they well, did, they weren't warranted to fall to four. But if they were two and they lost, it was two versus three and they lost. They would have fallen to four in order to avoid the rematch. They, they wouldn't have immediately met them right back up. Well, here is, And I don't disagree with that whatsoever. So here is uh, what Barrett Salee posted, and this was a comment from Boo Corrigan, who's the head of the committee. College football chair Boo Corrigan, on why number seven Tennessee is ranked one spot behind Alabama. Um, well, what, this, this is about something separate. We'll, we'll get to this one momentarily. That's, that's my bad, guys, to pull that one up. Because I want to talk about Ohio State yes. and Alabama first. And then we'll get to Tennessee and Alabama. Um, th- there is no conceivable way the committee should swap those two teams, having not played this week. There is now, look, we're going to talk Tennessee-Bama. There's no conceivable way they should swap Alabama and Tennessee if they've made this decision, because neither team will play this week. There's nothing that could happen that would, right. that would warrant them doing that, other than what you're saying, Hutton, is that they're in cahoots with ESPN to of swap they it. Are. To do that, 
That's why Alabama's ranked ahead of Tennessee they, right now. They should be abolished. This thing should be abolished. That's, I, I know there's no, no one behind the wheel for the NCAA. I don't disagree. But if that happens, we should completely I, wreck this entire system. I don't want to see immediate rematches in the semifinals, though. I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to see Tennessee-Georgia into a possible national championship had Tennessee not lost to South Carolina. I don't want to see Alabama-Georgia for a second consecutive game based on the results of last year's SEC championship game. So I, I don't mind maneuvering the playoff to fit the best possible national championship game, which is what has happened every year. We normally get blowouts in the semis anyway. And what you don't want is a massacre in the national championship game. It would have been awful for Michigan and Cincinnati to meet up last year, and then the winner of Bama, Georgia, to demolish whoever they're about to face. So I don't mind that part. The, where, I mean, they're making up the rules as well with Tennessee and Georgia as we transition there because the reason why, uh, excuse me, Tennessee and Bama, the reason why Bama's ahead of Tennessee is because of the quarterback situation. That's yeah. the only thing Let's, you can point to, and they're not allowed to actually factor that in, but that's what they're doing. And that's where TV things, in a crazy, chaotic world that could be college football this weekend, Alabama could be in the college football playoff when we start our show on Monday, not Tennessee. And they want that, if that's going to be the case, because Bryce Young's playing. Yeah, so let's go through this a bit. First off, top 10, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. That's the playoff right now. TCU and USC, here's what you need to know. We'll break it down. TCU and USC win, that's the playoff. Georgia and Michigan win, that, that's the playoff. Michigan losing, they're still going to be in. Georgia losing, right. they're still going to be in. Yep. But if TCU and USC win, it will be those four in the playoff. If one of those lose, as of right now, Ohio State will take their spot, is my guess. Okay, but Example, TCU loses a close game to Kansas State. I think they go to five, and okay. then Ohio State jumps in there somewhere, probably four, so then you avoid, I get what you're saying there, avoid the Michigan-Ohio State right. deal, yeah. four and, and one. And if Georgia loses, Michigan goes to right. one, Ohio State goes to three, not yeah. four. But That's what, what I'm saying. What I'm talking about too, though, is when he, you know, Reese Davis last night, I'm watching it live, and he says, you know, let's project here with what's going to happen. There's no way Alabama jumps Ohio State, right, to get in the playoff because both aren't playing this weekend. And he said, well, you're asking me to project. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm, telling, I'm asking you, they're not playing. So you can't mess with those num- the five and six right mm-hmm. now. And he initially said that's correct and then came back and clarified and said that's not necessarily correct, that, we, well, that, we, that something might happen. I'm thinking, what? We haven't seen teams jump another team based on not playing this year. I mean, TCU, the argument was should they be ahead of uh, Bama when their first rankings came out? And it took another Bama loss before TCU got in the top four. So or Clemson, TCU. This is not going to matter if TCU and USC win. If one right. lose, if both lose, we're going to have mass chaos and some controversy here. Because I do think there's still an argument to be made for TCU to be in over a two-loss Bama. Let's say right if that's going to become a debate, or a two-loss Tennessee, or a one-loss Ohio State, given that they played the extra game in the Big let's Twelve see, championship. So now we're back to the and argument. Ohio though. State didn't. A one-loss Bama was ranked ahead of TCU earlier. Yeah. An unbeaten TCU. So does a one-loss TCU rank ahead of a two-loss Bama? I mean, this is no. This is a this not is based a on what we've seen. This is a debate we're going to have throughout the show today. So let's go now to, to six and seven because that's that's the point of, of discourse, right? Alabama and Tennessee. I went through the criteria yesterday. The five points of emphasis 
looking at the website for the college football playoff committee that they look at. Strength of schedule, head-to-head, common opponents, um, performance against top 25, which is important here because we're going to get into that. Mm -hmm. Because South Carolina is now number 19 in the country. All right, I want to clarify this because there's a lot of people out there who are not smart enough to understand what I'm saying with this. The same reason Tennessee today doesn't get credit for wins over top 20 Kentucky or top 20 Florida or top 20 Pittsburgh is the same reason they get a slight credit in losing at top 20 South Carolina. But they get Tennessee gets credit for that though based on when they beat them. And when they lost to South Carolina. So they do get credit for Kentucky and Pittsburgh because at the time, that was a great win that propelled. Look at Florida against Utah. Yeah. At one point, Florida's a top 10 sure. program. In, in terms of body of work, you get in the to do moment, that. In, 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 in but, the moment, that's when they're factoring that in. Yeah. Yes, for the rankings purposes, yes. they factored in that. I'm saying at the end of the year, when they're looking at what's your record versus top 25, Tennessee's record against the top 25 <clears> is 2-2. Two and two. But my point, my point is, is because the they'll put that up there and say, "Here's their top but 25 record." When Tennessee record. got crushed by South Carolina, the committee didn't view South Carolina as a top 25 school. So that's in, in, in the eyes of the committee, that's how they're viewing South Carolina based on how they rank Tennessee, dropping them to 10. So let's go to the tweet now from Barrett Salee, and this is what Barrett this is what Barrett Salee tweeted about Boo Corrigan. Barrett Salee from CBS Sports joined us earlier this week. And this is what Boo Corrigan had to say about Tennessee even winning the head-to-head being ranked behind Bama. Well, one, it was very much debated among the committee and a lot of conversation around that. The value of head-to-head is certainly one of the criteria that we look at. We're looking at a full body of work, and when you look at their two losses, the two losses by Bama, including one on a last-second field goal to Tennessee, then you're measuring somewhere in there you've got to measure the loss that Tennessee had to South Carolina. And as we went through that, that was part of the determination as to why to have Alabama ahead of Tennessee. Okay, one thing I appreciate about Boo Corrigan is he did not mention Hendon Hooker's injury because, Hutton, I've heard you say this, and I agree with you. It's, it's in their mind. It has to be. They cannot say that publicly, and it should not factor in. And I am a staunch believer of this. I have battled with people on this for years. It does not matter what I think would happen. If I am a, a, a member of that committee, you have to look at what has happened, what has each team done, what is the strength of their schedule, how have they looked in games, all of that. But you have to go by what you've seen. I'll be the first to say it. I graduated from Tennessee. I think Alabama is better than Tennessee right now. I think if they played on a neutral field, Tennessee, or Alabama would probably win by 7 to 14 points because Tennessee's playing with their backup quarterback. And they've got injuries all over the secondary. And Bryce Young plays for Alabama, who almost single-handedly won the game in Knoxville because he's that good. I think that would happen. But it does not matter what I think. It matters more what has happened. And this is the dangerous net that we get caught in in all of these committees, whether it's NCAA basketball tournament, whether it's college football playoff committee. I'm hearing from so many people on Twitter that, well, Alabama's better right now. Okay, great. You cannot factor that in. You're not supposed to, and you should not. Tennessee, based on the criteria of the five things they look at, is better in four of the five. The one you can debate is record against top 25, where now Bama is 2-2, two and two, I believe. Tennessee is 2-2. Two and two. 
Bama's two top 25 wins, Mississippi State and Texas by one on the road. Who the committee loves. Tennessee lost both times on the road, undefeated at home, just like Bama. But they lost at number one Georgia, convincingly, but by two touchdowns. Not terrible, but convincingly. And they laid a complete egg against South Carolina and lost in an awful performance. They had one truly bad performance all year. So what the committee is saying is that one egg, that one bad performance, outweighs four other criteria. Again, I went through it yesterday. Strength of schedule in Tennessee's favor. Head-to-head in Tennessee's favor. Common opponent results. Bama lost by one at LSU. Tennessee won by 27. Bama won 55-3 at home against Vandy. Tennessee won 56 to nothing at Vandy. And this whole thing about, well, the point differential doesn't matter. It's, you know, how, I just have a hard time coming to grips with that. Now, again, if we're going to play this game of everyone's an expert and Boo Corrigan knows better than anyone else, and I'm going to put the teams I think are the best in the country up there, that if I've got to vote, Ohio State's in the damn playoff. Because I think they're the only team there that's got a chance to beat Georgia. So that, that's and the slippery slope I'm talking about here. That's probably why they have them ahead of Bama. You know what? I'm going to look at it this way and Bama. say, like, look, I'm going to go. I'm not just going to look at the results. I'm also going to factor in what I think, and this is what the committee probably does. C.J. Stroud's a great quarterback. He's going to be maybe the top overall pick. They've got the best receivers in the country. They've got five stars in the defensive line. I believe they are the fourth best team in the country right now. I'm going to knock out USC or I'm going to knock out TCU because they've won so close so many times, I'm not buying them. I just don't think that's the way to do business. Well, but see, what they're doing, though, it actually it is consistent with what they've done in their weekly rankings. Um, they're viewing – I think we're viewing South Carolina as the 19th best team right now, according to the committee. A week ago, that was not the case. And that's – where they had Tennessee ranked based on that loss to South Carolina and how they viewed the Gamecocks then factors into where they are right now. No different than where Bama has been and how they climbed their way back in uh, because at the time when they beat Ole Miss, that was a great win for Alabama. Yeah. And that factored in. Uh, no different than LSU certainly didn't help Tennessee's case by losing to A&M and that factoring into the overall yeah, and, and view of how the committee views the wins a, and losses. Yeah, it's a mosaic, right? We're looking at a piece of art, and it's all these different so, contrasting parts going into it. If it's top 25, but again... Like, Kentucky's losses didn't help Tennessee after they blew them out at home. You know, no, they but, kept but, it winning, helped, but it helped it Tennessee helped then, right? Yeah, that, in, that, in that, that ranking. You, and it helps the SEC. I mean, just look at the rankings for the SEC top 12 all year long. I mean, we're keeping up with that because of the 12-team well, playoff. Here's a great example of what there you're saying, six Hutton. teams in. There, uh, of how it changes week to week in terms of how teams are affected by a loss. Tennessee lost at South Carolina, and they dropped five spots. Because South Carolina showed so well against Tennessee, they go to Clemson and win, and Clemson drops one spot. Right. right? But, but so also, in turn, it's, it's, it's South Carolina's combined performances. other teams around them also lost, yeah. which did not... Didn't affect them as bad. Right, and when Tennessee lost, no one lost. Right. So you're moving all these teams around and you're bouncing teams up. So that's what there's in their mind. And, and it works out in their favor because, try, I mean, we all know they want Bama in the playoff over Tennessee based on the quarterback situation. It's just that's just human nature. And if we were doing a poll right now, I would have Bama ahead of Tennessee because I'm doing it on the on the here and now. 
but their criteria doesn't specify to do that. Man, I just, look, I believe in a total meritocracy. That's one of the reasons I love sports. That's, I like to see the games played out. I like to see what happens on the field. I get that that's not going to happen in a sport where the top prospects in the country get to pick a team and they're not drafted to a team. So it's never truly about who's the smartest or who's the hardest working or all of that. There's a lot of factors in it. But I hear these things that you're saying, and I don't disagree that this is what the committee's viewing. And I think, man, what what are we doing when we're doing things this way? Because we're never going to – we've said all year, like, man, it's going to be good to have some fresh teams. Tennessee at the top of that first college football ranking was refreshing to see. And uh, we still have that. USC coming back into relevance. We're going to talk about that. That's good. TCU wrecking the party is a good thing. But then – I see this and I'm thinking it's just a system designed really for people to tell you what they think. Well, what are we obviously going to think? Ohio State, Bama, the teams that have always been there are the best and they're better than these teams. Well, because but it's also... It's, I, I, I think that it, there's a bias that, that creeps in with all of us if we see something over and over that we're going to believe something. I think that a lot of people too, um, normally rational people, hate a fan base or hate a team enough to where they start making irrational arguments. I've heard a lot of irrational arguments so, about Alabama over Tennessee okay, based so, on what's happened on the field. But I feel like, it, let's hypothetically say that Tennessee does not lose to South Carolina. Uh, the debate today would be, where's Tennessee and where's USC? That's the debate. The one-loss Pac-12 potential champ at five, and are they jumping Tennessee in the last week that, that's the question because Tennessee would not be playing the game. Yeah. So, again, the committee would be shaping the argument against what you're arguing right now in favor of the Vols instead of USC. But see, and I have a very easy answer to that question of what, what that, would happen. But in the criteria, they, they value conference championships. Exactly. So I think Tennessee would be four this week, and if SC won, they'd be four and Tennessee would be five because they played the extra game and won the title. But, but then we're going to go swap. ahead. To, then we're going to look at – uh, opponents and I don't think they have any common opponents. But so no, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. saying just like uh, overall body of work and resume, and it's about your resume and what you've done, not what team you are right now. Right now, in this argument, USC would be the Pac-12 champ, but in totality, Tennessee lost one game, not to the team that was in West, but in East, and that's why they didn't play for the SEC title. That's why they didn't get a chance to play the extra game. Unlike USC, who played in the Pac-12 and had it much easier. That would be the argument. And that's going against the, well, meritocracy and this, this, that. Again, you could frame, you can frame any argument to fit the team that you want to get in there. And at least for right now, they've got it right. It's not like they have Ohio State at four. Yeah, I just... You know, it's not like they dropped... They did the right thing again. And here's hoping that TCU and USC win because it's, it's refreshing. Did Oregon beat UCLA or was that one of Oregon's losses? That was. Um, I, I asked the question for this reason because I think no. in other instances, I, th- I believe Oregon beat. Yeah, Oregon beat UCLA bad. I remember that game now. They beat them bad in Eugene. Um, in o- every other instance in this poll, if it was close, the head-to-head <clears throat> team won out. Florida State right. is thirteen and LSU is fourteen. Mm-hmm. Oregon is sixteen and UCLA is seventeen. But Alabama is six and Tennessee is seven. And you cannot convince me there's not something wrong with that. And I don't care where I went to school. 
I don't care what people think about Alabama or think about Tennessee. I am looking at this as objectively as possible. And if you argue another way, when I gave you the four out of five criteria Tennessee wins over Alabama, then I think that you are allowing a hatred of Tennessee or a love of Alabama to affect your argument. we got to talk about these conference championship games too, Hutton. Uh, who could be upset this weekend and how things could change? We're off to a fiery it, it start, crazy. And, I, and I love it. There's a lot to debate. We're going to have Clark Lee coming in studio a little bit later. We'll talk about these conference championships and the potential for upset and chaos this upcoming weekend. That's coming up next. This is Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Championship weekend is upon us across college Glorious. football. Glorious. I'm Chad Withrow. Jonathan Hutton is here. We're in downtown Nashville, 6th and Peabody Studios. Saturday is going to be awesome. The, oh, yeah. the, the whole schedule from mm-hmm. USA, Netherlands, then you get straight into all the conference championships. And, of course, Pac-12 is what, Friday night. I'm going to say something right now that's going to shock Colin, our radio producer. I may be more excited about watching U.S. Netherlands on Saturday than anything else. I'm excited to watch. Okay. Now, the one issue I have is, Hutton, the two games I'm most excited to watch this weekend, on Saturday, not this weekend, because there's some good games in the NFL on Sunday, too, that we'll talk about. I'm most excited to watch, first, U.S. Netherlands, and that is at 10 a.m. Central Time. 10 Eastern. 10 Eastern, correct. Hutton's right. 10 Eastern, 9 a.m., but to roll right from that into my second most favorite game of the weekend, and that is TCU-Kansas State. And we've actually got a graphic for you of some of the top games of the upcoming weekend uh, with Power 5 matchups. Um, Hutton, I am thrilled to watch Kansas State-TCU. Not a big fan of teams that are purple in color. We're actually going to have a high school football game tomorrow we're doing TV for. Two teams going head-to-head that are both purple. Not a big fan of that color scheme. For my sports teams, but I love the Kansas State TCU matchup at 11 a.m. Central on Saturday morning in the Big 12 Championship. And if you prefer chaos, it's the first possible no. chaos agent game. No, because Friday, uh, oh, USC yeah, sorry, Utah, yeah. we get the rematch. Uh, well, I'm talking in terms of Saturday because okay. I want to watch that U.S. soccer but, match but, too. So where, so where is on the hierarchy? U.S. Netherlands, I get it. We're, I'm going to be tuned into that too. Um, if Utah beats USC, what happens to your your must-watch list for TCU Kansas State versus US Netherlands? It stays the same. I'm still more See, then Bama's getting in if I'm still again, excited I, to get up and, and watch you all, know, all my US hopes and dreams of all like this fresh, you know, that yeah. the abundance of fresh Talent and teams in the college football playoff are just dashed. Well, this is what so this is what you know Alabama season with the two losses and where they are now, and then Ohio State losing to Michigan. It's put all of us in this weird. If you are like most sports fans out there, and um, you know you like uh, the upset, you like to root for Cinderella, 
You like a little bit of madness going on, right? We all like the yeah. NCAA basketball tournament for that reason. This has put you in a very odd spot in that if you really want the underdog story and or something different, if you want a little different flavor in your papaya <laughs> this, this weekend, you should not be rooting for the underdogs. You should be rooting for USC. You should be rooting for TCU. Because that is the one way to guarantee that Ohio State and Alabama, who are two basic you know, perennial members of the college football playoff throughout, that's the one way you block them out, is you have those two teams win, and there's no drama in the top four. Because regardless of Georgia-Michigan outcomes, they're going to be in in some order. So that's the way to avoid the drama. But... It's in our nature, Hutton, to do what? To root for the underdog, to root for the chaos. Well, but, but, and if we're doing that, then we're rooting for Kansas State and Utah. But the underdog that I'm rooting for is TCU and USC versus Ohio State and Bama. Right? So I'm not... Yeah. That's the rooting interest of the underdog. Not, the, not on the paper line. You're looking be, at it almost like TCU v. Bama. And yeah, then I mean, TCU, USC versus Ohio State. TCU, Kansas State. And that's State. what you're rooting for. I, and I'm with you on the game. The game's going to be awesome. Uh, TCU, what, they, they trailed by three scores in the first matchup and came back and won. They've been the underdog even when they've been the favorite. People are betting against them, thinking that oh, they're going to lose. I'm one of them. And then when they're actually the underdog, they went out right and actually not just covered the spread by win... Wrong team favored, a la Texas. Um, and, and Kansas State's a very good opponent for this matchup. Yeah, It's a really good game. It's a strong game. Uh, and meanwhile, you've got a team... It's number two on my, my hit list this weekend. You've, you've got a team that uh, doesn't have to play, and TCU's already won this game before overcoming the deficit, but by virtue of having to play for your conference championship, which I love, I love this weekend... Um, they could be on the outside looking in against the perennial powerhouse of either Ohio State or Bama. Yeah, I think there's some merit um, to this is where, again, and, and if we're going to, I don't want to get back into the same debate we had in the first segment, but if we're just going to kind of toss out like, oh, well, you know, certain things don't matter as long as we think that the, we got the four best teams and the proper matchups and all that, then it probably doesn't matter as much. Um, but I do feel like there's some merit to no conference championship games. Because of this weekend, well, the, the, because the, well, and t I think TCU is the classic example. Well, right, because a twelve and O Big Twelve <clears throat> champion in a past system is just automatically playing for the national title in a fourteen. Well, it depends setup. though. Like again, like let's some assume, may need it though. Let's assume well, USC would need it if Tennessee didn't lose to South Carolina, right? So Good example, yeah, yeah, and they would have to face the team that's already beaten them in order to get in, and then they're not even guaranteed a spot in over a team that's not playing. Uh, back to that original, I, I, I don't know. You can, you can a one-loss Tennessee team for me, I'm making the argument for the team not playing over the Pac-12 champ. And I, I, I would have done that two weeks ago. It, it's just a, let's hurry up and get to the 12-team playoff. Because, yeah, that, because then this conference championships matter. But they also don't factor in and weigh as heavily on a TCU program that has absolutely done everything possible to stay unbeaten yeah. and be in this situation. Well, this and season I, has really shown us that you know just looking at the top twelve that we're looking at and, the, and these conference championships and the different complexion of it when it's not necessarily do or die for some of these teams. Yes, like a TCU or like a USC when we could start to speculate about a twelve-team field. And look at, well, if TCU loses, 
They may actually like their matchup at home in a 6-11 game or something like that. Just all the different possibilities. The Tennessee-Alabama debate wouldn't be as fierce necessarily or, because they're both going to be in and you know both borderline hosting a game or going on the road in the first game. But more than that, it's the added home field game. It's and a playoff game, game for, but, for teams. But there's a huge benefit for being a top four seed because you get the bye. You know, you have that one less game that, yeah. I mean, the matchups we would have this week are phenomenal. But, I mean, you've got the top, the debate would be about who's the fourth team not having to play that weekend. And right. who are they getting back? You know, if, if it's Michigan, is Blake Corum, yeah, think about a week off for him, you know, with a chance to get back for the 12th team playoff. Um, better chance at the upset, Utah or Kansas State? Because Utah's done it. Kansas State should have done it based on what we saw. They're both, basically, it's an equal Vegas line. I think it's three and two and a half at last check between the two of them. But if you had one big underdog, this is the team that's going to win based on the teams we've seen play. I think because TCU is far better right now, in my mind, than what I would have said they were when they first uh, first played Kansas State. And USC is riding with all the momentum right now. Um. I mean, can you be more uh, cocky and brash than Caleb Williams right now with the way he's playing? Yeah, I, I think the the to me the stronger alert for an upset would be K State over TCU. Um, I, I think that the game in Salt Lake is not going to be indicative of what we're going to see now with this USC team and this Utah team on a neutral site. Okay. Um, TCU is they, such an odd team to figure out only for this. It's not odd and they've won every game they've played. They're 12-0. and 0. It's very easy to figure that part out. It's that we keep waiting for them to screw up or to not come through in the clutch, and all they do is find ways to win close games. So I say that knowing that TCU, if you're looking at that de- Destiny's Darling type team, it's the Horned Frogs right now, right, Hutton? Yes and No. I mean, okay, yes, destiny. What do we think they do in the playoff? I think so. Are they Cincinnati? No, I think they're better than Cincinnati. Um, They have no chance at winning a national title. Okay. But so the similarity with Cincinnati is they go into the tournament. Yeah. And I'm saying they have 0.0% chance to win it all. Does, I, I'm giving two teams a chance in this in this field right now, quite honestly, to win it. And it's Georgia or Michigan. I'm giving one. And I'm trying to figure out a way that Georgia can beat them. I'm sorry, that that, uh, that Michigan. Michigan can, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it's, it is a collision course on Georgia winning back-to-back national titles. I mean, because well, think about what we saw last year. I mean, Michigan beat up Ohio State in similar fashion, and we're thinking – Oh, are they going? Are they about to be the most physical opponent Georgia's faced? No. No. The answer is no. And so I, I'm watching. I, I was I was very impressed with Michigan against Ohio State. Same. I was last year but, too. But we again, I, I agree with you. It's it's a very top heavy four. Now now here's where the football like just fan. If you just want the best four. Who does Georgia not want to face? It's Alabama. Yes. They do not want to face Alabama. And it's clear as day. That, that's what is just hurting. I would, I would add Ohio State it. to that too. Well, but, I mean, I, I, 
What I've seen from Ohio State, Chad, is not what I thought we would be talking about, which is they, the Northwestern game is a great example. I, I, the 21-7 win, I chalked up to elements. Yeah. And it was far more than that. And they're also not the healthiest program. Same for Michigan. But point being, like, the one program I think that Georgia doesn't want in the playoff is Bama. Yeah. And, that, and that's so unfortunate because we actually have a lot of good, great, fresh things to discuss. And ultimately, it's still about those two programs. Quickly on the other two games, we'll, we'll talk with Clark Lee about SEC championship a little bit later. But um, I have no idea what to expect in North Carolina Clemson. It's a seven-and-a-half-point Clemson favorite in that game. North Carolina has been bad down the stretch. Yes. Georgia Tech lost. They look like they stopped their season early. Lost a, a, a very mediocre, I think, NC State team in the final week in overtime. Yeah, they, on a, they on a bad playing on the road. Goal. That's the problem. Um, so I don't know what to expect there. Drake May's great. Carolina's offense is great. And the other one, as I asked Dan Dockage about yesterday, is there any chance, any scenario where Purdue surprises us and gives Michigan a game? And I, th- I feel like his answer was kind of no. I don't think question. so. I don't get that sense. Michigan, Michigan's downfield passing attack stunned me with the way they were throwing for 50-plus, 45-plus on those touchdowns. Um, that was the one missing ingredient I thought whenever they lost McNamara to McCarthy was at least we could see some semblance of a passing. Not great. Um, what they did against Ohio State, though, man, um, yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think Purdue's pulling that upset. I don't, you know, and giving them a game. Yeah. This week. I don't think it's Iowa, though. We're not in for that 44 to 3 thrashing or whatever. Let's, uh, let's all take a moment and thank the Nebraska Cornhuskers of all teams for eliminating <laughs> us having to watch yes. Iowa in a Big Ten championship. I'll be completely honest. I'm not sure how much of the Big Ten championship I'm going to watch. That is the second best conference typically in college football. I don't think so this year. But it's head to head against I, another I'm game. I'm not right? excited about that one. Uh, it's the, a night game. The right? other night game is Clemson, North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, which I'm also. Those are just two blah conferences this year. Yeah, but at least the very but, top of the Big Ten is is good. But Carolina's least. offense against Clemson's defense will be a fun matchup. I, Purdue to me facing Michigan is just not a. Again, that the championship game for the Big Ten was played last week. You just reminded me of something we're going to talk about a little bit later, but the um, the chance that Ohio State and the Rose Bowl are oh. in some sort of cahoots to not go back for a second straight year which would knock a Tennessee, another reason to be upset about Tennessee behind Bama, could knock them to the Cotton Bowl in just a no-win situation against Tulane as an example of a game. I mean, that's the last thing. I would rather Tennessee get pushed to the Citrus Bowl and play a Big Ten team. Come back to Music City. Yeah, then, then go. I mean, it's a New Year's Six back game, but it's like, oh, come on. Tulane, because all it is is if you beat Tulane as a 16-point favorite, okay, great, you beat Tulane. And if you lose, it's disaster from everyone about losing a bowl game to Tulane. Davey, what do you see over there? Can I give you one stat that might sway your opinion just a little bit? Sure. Jeff Brom is 3-1 and one against top five teams. Jeff Brom, 3-1. and That's not bad. I like Jeff Brom. I've always been a big Jeff Brom guy. Um, I, I thought I think he's done a terrific job. There was a chance at one point, Davey knows this, because he was covering this in Knoxville, but that uh, Tennessee was about to hire him to be their head coach before – uh, Shiano Sunday and other things. Maybe that was after Shiano Sunday, actually. Uh, the, the timeline is hard to figure out. It was after. I do know, yes, that was a very eventful day. Um, 
I do one know of the this many on the timeline trips. Hey. Primary complaint. We're going to complain when we come back. That's right. I've got a... Uh, and then Clark Lee's here. I've, I'm going to complain about Christmas when we come back. Probably not what you're thinking about exactly, but I've got a oh. Christmas-related complaint. That's coming up next. This is Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We're back on Outkick 360. We're not going to waste any time. It is time to complain every week, every Wednesday at this time. is primary complaint right here on Outkick 360. To kick us off, Jonathan Hutton. It's time to air our top grievance of the week. You can complain all you want. My job is so unfulfilling. Don't run away from your feelings. It's time for a primary complaint on Outkick 360. Ted, my primary complaint, as, as you know, I've been battling the, uh, the crud, the, the cough and the laryngitis, whatever it was. Uh, and it, the onset hit like Wednesday of last week. Going into Thanksgiving break and, you know, the doctor's office I'd normally go to, completely closed. Thanksgiving, Black Friday, always closed on the weekend. So the next day in was Monday. So I waited two hours at a walk-in clinic. I get all the way through the assessment. I can barely speak. And the best they would give me was a prescription, not for a steroid injection, which is what I needed, which was what I received yesterday, and I feel great now, but for Allegra D, something I can go get on my own, walking into a Walgreens. I'm not looking to be Jeff Blauser when I'm waiting on the two-hour steroid injection to get Allegra D. I expect to leave there as Barry Bonds if I'm waiting on the walk-in <laughs> clinic and paying out of pocket. That's my primary complaint. That, pre- that prescription strength Allegra D, though, is, is quite powerful, I will say. Uh, my primary complaint, the plethora of options for holiday music. I'm a fan of Christmas music, fan of the holidays. I'm listening to some holiday music right now. But there are times, and I've discussed this often, that you can have too many options that just completely drown you. Here's an example. Amazon Music right now is scrolling through last night on the TV, trying to find some holiday music around the house. Here are their current options. Merry Mix, Christmas Past, Christmas Present, Christmas Classics, Classical Christmas, Greatest Christmas Songs, Mellow Holiday, <laughs> Christian Christmas, Christmas for Kids, Felices Fiestas, Holiday Jazz, Alternative Christmas, Indie Christmas, Christmas by the Fire, Holiday Party Jams. That's one. There's 41 other oh. channels of holiday channels only. This is too much, and it's my primary complaint. And up next, our producer, Davey Hudson, has a complaint. Well, Chad, I guess I'll play Scrooge as well. Christmas lights. I don't have an issue with the lights, 
but at least buy a timer. I got Clark Griswold <laughs> living across the street from my bedroom window. And I mean, like I, when I say it's 3 a.m. and there is just glaring light going through the window, it's, it's to the point like it's, it's waking me up. It's a struggle to go to sleep. And you could say, Davey, why not just buy some blackout curtains? It's like, you know what? I kind of like some natural sunlight to be able to get in, you know, wake me up in the morning. But when it's 3 a.m., I, I don't even want to know what my neighbor's electric bill is at this point. Just get a timer. Cut it off at midnight. No issues here, but that is my primary complaint. It reminds me of the Seinfeld episode with the, the light mm-hmm. on the restaurant outside of Kramer's window that kept him up at night. I, that can be a problem. There's just so much variation of Christmas lights. Like in my neighborhood alone, there's not, a, there's not one theme. So it's very wow. eclectic in terms of like the colors, the style of them, and it's hard to get a sense of what all is going on. I, the projections I, on the house now... You know that show the little holiday scenes at all times? You know what I hate oh, yeah. are all these inflatables. I think yeah. the inflatables look like trash. Like just because here the wind yesterday with all the weather. Yeah, and when all they, over when the you deflate them during the day or at different times, also over late. Yeah, and it's just laying there looking like a yeah. tarp in your yard. Yes. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of those either. My kids love them. They, they are well, they are dying yeah, no, to have I, us uh, put again, inflatables up, I, and we're not doing it. Yeah, the families that have yeah. Kids are the reason why those those are up in the yard, yeah. but I mean, you know, it's like, look, kids, you could have been born to someone else and be living in a trailer park right now and have all the inflatables <laughs> that you want, but instead you got us, and that's it. So that's how we're gonna roll. Um, Clark Lee is gonna join us in about fifteen twenty minutes. Nice. It is time for our NFL elimination. We eliminate teams from playoff contention, not the way the College Football Playoff Committee does it, not arbitrarily like they do. We'll actually have some merit behind our rationale. That's coming up next. This is Outkick 360.